Hello, everybody, and welcome to the TeacherCast Educational Network. My name is Jeff Bradbury. And I'm Nick Amaral. And thank you so much for joining us today on Making TeacherCast your home for professional development. This is Ask the Tech Coach, episode number 36. Today, we have our January Tech Coach Roundtable. It is a great opportunity to meet other tech coaches and share the great things that they're doing in the classroom. But before we bring on our guests, there's, of course, several great things that are happening over here on the Tech Coach Network. We, of course, have our mastermind program that just started up. Nick, talk to us a little bit about our mastermind program. I am so excited that we have a great group of people starting in January with us. So we have uh, tech coaches from all over the place. And Jeff, uh, you know, it's great that we have some tech coaches that have joined us this time. Uh, one from Kenya, uh, one from Hong Kong. So that's kind of cool to get uh, branching out uh, all over the world. And you know, we're jumping in and we started talking about uh, just getting a feel for each other. What are our personal goals that each of these tech coaches wants to accomplish within their district? Uh, we started uh, looking at integrating tech plans into the district. We're gonna kind of look at that and how each of us can build our own individual tech integration plans. Um, so it's great. So right now we're still offering the 50 off uh, for the TC50, which is the code. And we're gonna offer that for $50 off the, uh, the two month plan. And then we're also offering Jeff the six month or 12 month plans. And then with that, they can get the $100 off at TC100. That's right, Nick. There's several great ways to join. And you know, on, on February 12th, we have a very special meeting coming up for all of our Mastermind users, where we are gonna be bringing on the Department of Education. And we're gonna be talking all about two important subjects, COPA and FERPA. And if you don't know what that stuff means, that is why we have our mastermind. We're looking forward to that. And as, of course, Nick alluded to, there's several great plans that we have available to you guys. If you're looking to be a part of our PLN or, look, if you can get your school district to pay for it, we are there for you guys, too. We have two-month, six-month, and 12-month memberships into our mastermind. If you're looking to be a great tech coach this year, there's only one thing to do and that's invest in yourself. TeacherCast.net slash mastermind. We would love to have you today. And of course, that brings us, Nick, to our tech coach tip of the week. Today, we're talking a little bit about uh, that thing that we do with our PLN. Nick, what is our tech coach tip of the week? So this is perfect, especially with the round table. So, you know, it, it's pretty self-explanatory. And the idea that is a lot of times as tech coaches, we can be one in our district. I know I'm one person in my district kind of doing all the PD and, and staff development and tech coaching in that. So the idea is to kind of, uh, you know, invest in yourself and, and join a PLN, build that group of other tech coaches that you can kind of lean on for advice and share and, uh, you know, get some critiques and, and uh, you know, by talking to each other and evaluating the things that you're doing in your district. So we offer that with our mastermind, but this is a great opportunity, especially for right now. We're doing it uh, as we speak with this round table. And let's bring on our guests for our round table. I want to bring on somebody who's been a member of my PLN here. I want to bring on Kitty Tripp. Kitty, how are you today? Welcome to the show. I am absolutely fabulous and excited to be here and share some of my thoughts and ideas and learn from the people that are here. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Where are you? Where do you tech coach? What do you do? <laughs> and, uh, and, and what are some of the awesome things that you're doing these days? Yes, I am located, um, I live in Lake Wiley, South Carolina, and that's in Clover School District. And I am one of their district innovation coaches. And um, that um, it used to be called a, in, um, instructional technology um, coach, but we wanted to take the word technology out of the title because a lot of people tend to think of technical as opposed to creation or innovation. So we go into the classrooms and work with teachers of how to integrate 
technology, yes, but it could also be new approaches or ideas to bring innovation to their classroom. Um, I'm excited to be there. I've I've just been learning a lot about the district and then reaching out and seeing other connections with coaches that I can make through my PLN. It is so great to have you. It is so great to have connected with you on Twitter. There's so many great things that are out there. I want to bring on our next guest, who, of course, is certainly no stranger for being on the Teacher Cast Show. She is somebody who has absolutely been a mentor of mine for the last eight years. She was one of the oh my goodness, first people that have ever been on our podcast way back in August of 2011. She's an author. She's a a teacher. She is a rabbi. I want to bring on my good friend, Miss Shira Leibowitz. Shira, how are you today? Welcome back to the program. I'm great, Chef. It's so good to be back. It feels like old times. I haven't been on in a long time, and it's great to be here with you. And you've been doing some amazing things. And talk to us a little bit about what you're doing with the Edu Coachers. Sure. So um, Jessica Johnson, Kathy Perrette, and I started EduCoach about eight years ago now. And uh, we have published our book, The Coach Approach to School Leadership, on how um, administrators can use the techniques of instructional coaches to transform schools. Mm That book came out last year, and it's done really well. We're very excited, and we're now writing our next book, which is uh, The Coach Approach to School Culture and Ways That Administrators Can Move Beyond Approaches, Instructional Coaching Approaches with Individual Teachers to Really Transforming a School Culture through coaching techniques and that's been really excited and that book is much more story-based so we're looking at schools that have gone through cultural change using coaching and uh, that's been that's been a great project I am so glad that you're here. I am so glad that we're going to get this point of view. Many of our topics that you've been listening to, guys, in the middle of January have been on that whole tech coach administrative points of view relationship. We're going to dive into all of that stuff today. But before we do, I want to remind you guys that there's several great ways to be a part of this and all of the shows over on TeacherCast. You can reach out to us on Twitter at AskTheTechCoach.com. Ask us anything. We also are using the hashtag AskTheTechCoach. But if you'd like to ask a question online, you can find us at TeacherCast.net slash voicemail or email us over at feedback at TeacherCast.net. And Shira, you had mentioned, you know, creating a culture of change. And Nick and I kind of have this thing and theory that it really all does begin at the top, right? In order to have a positive coaching program, in order to have a fantastic coaching experience, it has to start at the top with a vision, doesn't it? It has to start, I think, in a lot of places. I think if it only starts at the top, it's Mm -hmm. doomed. I think if it only starts in the middle, it's doomed. If it only starts kind of on its side, it's doomed. I think that, you know, it's how can like-minded people find each other and build those pockets of Mm -hmm. um, innovation and excitement and excellence and then spread out from there. But it's a real partnership that requires a lot of folks to uh, join hands and move forward. Now, Kitty, I see you nodding your head. You, you, you obviously have some information about this. We're going to talk today about changing that culture. What advice do you have for any district that might be you know, looking at getting into coaching, maybe already has a coach, but you know, really we are here as 
culture changers. I guess we can call that. Is that a now a verb here? What, what are we looking at? <laughs> um, it's definitely a culture. A lot of people have to come together in the process. And I, I can't agree more. If it starts at the top, you're, you're doomed because then it's something that's being forced on everybody. Um, you have to create buy-in in several areas. Um, and then I, I call that igniting a spark in those areas. And then I also like to think of the snowball effect. Once you get those pockets in place, you get those snowballs started. Then as they start rolling, they pick up that speed. They pick up those people who begin to buy in because they like what they're seeing and they want to be a part of that positive culture. Um, that can take some time. So that's why you have to have leadership on board. You have to have those key instigators that can keep momentum going forward. And then those people who are sharing what they're doing to help bring those outliers into the picture of, hey, is this something I'm interested in or how do I get started? So is this something that a, a leader starts and then pushes away? Or is this something that a leader starts and then has to own for the, you know, because they're the leader? Mm -hmm. I definitely think that leadership has to be a part of it because they're the visionary for where that school is going. They're in charge and people are going to be looking to them. If they don't have an interest in it, if they're not talking about it, if they're not sharing about it, it doesn't seem to be a part of the agenda. But then you have those key people who are out within the school who are the enactors of that expectation. And so when principals are getting together at meetings, they don't need to be the speakers necessarily as much as those who are the doers, those teachers who are putting into practice this vision. And the um, principal is then bringing that praise or approval to what is growing organically within those schools. Now, Nick, you and I both are similar in the fact that we have multiple buildings, we have multiple leaders, we have multiple points of interest, and we have multiple um, perceptions of what a coaching program could look like. We, we've talked about how many tech coaches go to one building and, and this is the culture, and they go to another building, and this is another culture. Nick, how can a tech coach that's in multiple buildings really be successful when maybe they are, you know, three buildings and they're all 180 from each other. You know, I think that a lot of that is going to build, you know, build off of the relationship that you kind of build with, with those within each building. You know, I know that there's a slightly different culture or personality uh, between the two high schools that I bounce, you know, I bounce between, but I do know that, you know, we've had a lot of success in kind of going off of what Kitty said with the kind of the snowball effect and getting pockets of people in different areas. We've had a great effect with bringing a lot of different people between, uh, you know, from the board office to uh, admin at each individual building to teachers and forming this tech committee where we kind of created what we want our goals, expectations and innovation, everything to kind of stem from. And that's been great because even though the culture of the buildings might be slightly different and the atmosphere, you know, we all know what kind of the the one goal for the district is and that that's been pretty powerful and we've used that that committee to really spark and stem a lot of the things that we've been doing in the district I, you know that i like i think for a tech coach going into that you know you've got to kind of play the liaison between the teachers and the admin of both buildings and if you play that well enough that you can kind of bring the people on board with you and use those um, as examples, those teachers that then kind of highlight the things that you've gotten them to do, 
that then starts to spark something a little bit more. So, you know, what I like is I, I think of some of the districts that do that, that Vanguard approach where they have teacher, teacher leaders, teacher Vanguards. I know some of the schools in, in South Jersey do that. And it's a great idea to then highlight those teachers who have been able to kind of buy in right away. And then they can kind of use that kind of newfound leadership role to, to work with some extra staff and, and highlight the things that were going on. Can a tech coach create a culture of innovation? Yeah, I don't know if by himself, I, you know, I think that kind of goes with what we said in the beginning. I think by itself, they could be someone that can come, come in and maybe share in a, an area of expertise or highlight what maybe they think is the right goal, but it's not going to go anywhere if you don't have, you know, admin buy-in and teacher buy-in at the bottom level as well. So, and I think kind of getting them on board, I know with my PD plan, one of the things that was, a, you know, it was uh, to gamify it and to get it up and running and to say, here's our new approach to how we're going to run professional development and how we're going to get it engaging and badging and all that, that, I, that was found with a lot of hesitancy in the beginning and teachers competing against each other. But then it became the teachers who bought in right away and talking to admin and, and what we can do to kind of make it more engaging and to get teachers to go above and beyond. It, it was a, a nice kind of tug of war between both groups. So no, I don't think they're going to be able to do it by themselves, but they can be one to maybe spark the idea. And, and especially if their district looks at, at them as that go-getter, that leader to kind of give us the ideas that we need to, to set us off on our path. So the, so the opposite question in there is, should a tech coach be seen as the sole leader in digital innovation? Kitty, you're, you, you no. on this. <laughs> no, because that's an overwhelming feeling when that weight is put on your back. Um, you can help set vision, you can help build vision, but you need the enactors um, who support you. And, and not in just implementing it, but also in leadership to um, kind of massage that and help other people to realize, hey, I need to, I need to consider this. Um, I've had a unique situation because I've worked as a director as well as a coach and also been in the classroom. So I've seen change from all three levels and one cannot be successful without the other in some respect. As a director, I was able to lay a lot of vision, but I had to build the rapport and relationship with the teachers to build their interest to start enacting. And so, and the coaches, we needed those coaches to be that day in or day out or weekly support to be able to help them um, enact and, and learn those new skills that they need support in. And I think that's, I'm just kind of to jump in, Jeff, and I think that's something to really kind of keep note as, you know, when you're, when you're thinking about that, the tech coach on the front line with the teacher and being the one that's going out there and, and trying to enact them to do the things that the district wants them to do and to take on those goals and those initiatives, you need to have that from the top. And we kind of spoke about that where it, it is sort of like a massage, you know, if, if Jeff, we were just speaking this this morning on the idea that if we, you know, my district's trying to talk about getting me into the classroom and teachers to really, not that I'm not getting in, but for teachers to feel comfortable enough to do this even more consi uh, consistently. And one of the things we found is my director likes to send out these notices that when things come up, like, hey, reach out to Nick. He's got a great point of view on this, or he knows a lot about this topic. He might be able to work with you and co-plan on this. Even if it's something I never even spoke to the teacher about, it's just great to have that where he's kind of guiding it and pushing me along as well back to the teachers and saying, hey, use this guy, use this guy. He's something that we are 
you know, we're, we're using to enact the, the district initiatives and goals. Sure. What's your thoughts on all of this stuff? Because, I mean, you've been in a situation many times where you were the catalyst for change. You were that tech coach, that principal, that leader, that you were the one that was trying to light that spark within teachers who might not have known that the spark was even possible. What do you do? Yeah. How do you start this whole process? So I think what's important is to um, ground the learning in something that's important to teachers. And so using the word innovation all the time can be off-putting to many. I think when you use the word quality, when you use the words, the values that we have for learning, uh, when you look at where technology will have an impact, but where books might have more of an impact or artistic expression might have more of an impact, you know, and to really have much more of an integrated approach toward pushing um, learning forward in a much deeper way and having conversations about learning and um, weaving a tapestry with different components where those who have expertise can bring that, um, but can also be open to where, um, not everything needs to be innovative to be quality. The things that have been worked well can continue to work well and to hold on to that grounding and to walk that balance between what, what can be made better and what can be made deeper of what already works well, I think is, is really important. And, and how do you get that, right? So many tech coaches that are listening out here are new at their position and or in a new school district and they're trying to navigate between am I a teacher or am I a teacher and a coach or how do I do that when I've got six classes that I'm also trying to teach but these are the responses how, how do you navigate this whole world of you're not an admin but you're a leader but you have to get your peers to look at you that way yeah, you just put in a lot of pieces. So there's the time management piece and too much on overflowing plates. That's one whole area to explore. There's the relationship piece. How do you get people to want to work with you? Um, and there's the priority piece as to what really is going to have, what are those areas that are going to have the biggest lever on student learning and moving the goals of individual teachers and, and of a school and of a district forward. So there's a huge amount to balance. I think it's really important to have a PLN, to have one's own coach, whether it's a peer coach or somebody the school brings in, and to really be constantly uh, thinking and um, planning and and modifying and, and deepening what's working and and thinking about where you need to realign. Uh, they, these are complicated positions and um, even just sorting out in your question, the pieces that you added. So the pieces that are time management, the pieces that are priority, the pieces that are relationship, the pieces that are skills and really planning one's own uh, professional development and goals and priorities is really important. Shira, that's why we brought you on the show today to unpack all of these questions. <laughs> Happy to try. It's an Nick, ongoing effort. I, I, I got to say, Nick, you know, the, the one place to start, right? Because that's how, you know, that's why we're here listening to this show today. It's where do you start with all of these things? And we find that one of the best places to start is just by writing down what you want professional learning to look like, what you want your classrooms to look like, what you want your students to be doing. Where do you want the backpacks in your classrooms? All of these different things all have to stem from one action plan, one educational action plan. And, you know, we talked a few weeks ago about the difference between a, a tech plan 
and an ed tech plan. But just in case people listening didn't quite hear that, Nick, what is the difference between having a tech plan and an ed tech plan? Sure. So, you know, I think the mix up is often just has to do with, you know, thinking about technology plan is usually the hardware and that's the one to one rollout. And are we using Chromebooks, iPads, MacBooks? What are we using in device management and how do we integrate that into the school district versus the ed tech, which then becomes that's great that we have the hardware, but what are we doing with it? How are we integrating professional development to, you know, work with the teachers and and what are the goals that we want students to do with the technology? So what are they going to create? What do we want learning to look like and feel like inside of the classroom? So I think that mix up um, often confuses a lot of people, especially, you know, I, I, I always find that's why it's so beneficial to have, you know, and I know districts that do it with one person that can might be like the network administrator or a technology coordinator and coaching and doing PD stuff. But I love that balance when you have the kind of the trifecta of the different people in the different roles working together to accomplish it, because I just feel like you have people that just have a niche and bring it all together and they see those different, uh, the different pieces come together. And really when you have an ed tech plan, there's a few different parts to it. And, and you know, if you're sitting there scratching your head saying, well, what is an ed tech plan? How do I start it? How do I build it? We have that covered for you. Um, teachercast.net slash mastermind. By joining our mastermind today, we give you every single worksheet, workbook, example, exercise. You can download everything free of charge. Uh, all you have to do is join our mastermind over at teachercast.net slash mastermind. But Nick, there's really two different ways of looking at this, right? There's the plan of attack from your desk into the classroom which is how the teachers perceive you. But there's also the ed tech plan, which is how the district perceives you, right? Like what are they looking to have as a classroom? Now, Kitty, I was looking through your, your, your tech coach page and on the front of your Google site, it says very clearly, this is who I am, this is what I do, this is where you can find me. And, and that is a, a mini version of a tech coach plan, maybe the plan that you share with your teachers. Talk to us a little bit about what you see your role as, especially when you said that you went from being a tech coach to a district innovator. Mm -hmm. Who are you? <laughs> <laughs> so they wanted to take the focus off of technology um, because everything isn't necessarily based out of technology. Are, are we talking about fixing something? Are we talking about working technology into the classroom effectively? And so taking that word technology out helped to kind of break the difference between someone who's going to come in their classroom and fix the devices that necessarily aren't working, someone who's going to come in and help implement how to use that technology effectively with the curriculum or what are effective strategies to use that can be innovative or just changing up how students are learning, giving them new and fresh perspectives. So when I think of working with my teachers, I have that district plan. Those are district expectations that I must implement because that is what was required of me by my district. But then I also offer training that they want to receive. This might be small group, but like for today in my training sessions, I gave a survey. Here are some things I would love to present in training. Um, would you uh, add anything to this list and which one of these would you be interested? Kind to get, trying to gauge their buy-in on what topics because it is not going to be mandatory. It is going to be something that they choose and that they want. I'm a firm believer in short 
quick segments that help build their vision for what the possibilities are. And then it leads, it segues perfectly into them setting or booking an appointment with me to go even further in what vision started from the course that they took with me, the short course that they may have taken with me. So that's kind of my drive every day. How can I reach the teachers? But then I also am a firm believer if I am going to expect my teachers to buy into what I'm doing. I need to set the example of being a creator of content to being a creator of innovation or um, stepping out of my comfort zone. So that's something I try and model with my teachers so they can see me at the vulnerable part of learning. So when I ask them to be vulnerable in the learning process, they've seen me in action with that. Now, Shira, as we're looking to create these things, Kitty gave us a, an extremely wonderful definition of how the teachers see her. Talk to us a little bit about starting from the top, right? Like if you were going to be bringing in a coach and you were going to be defining that role and creating that, that set of documents that says, here's what learning looks like, here's what a classroom needs to be, this is why we have this, this is how they're going to... Where does that start? Who needs to be in the room at that point in time? And how long of a process could this be? It's a long process. Um, I like to start with, um, I like to make it feel exclusive at first. So bringing in a coach and saying, we only have limited spots available and to make it by application. So you have to really show why the coach's time should be invested in you. Uh, and then that can bring some early successes of people who really put themselves out and went through an application process to get this coaching, it then is really viewed as a, as a privilege and as um, something that the best are awarded. Best meaning they have vision, they have capacity, they've argued why it's going to work for them. Then from those successes, you can push out. But it's what's really key is that coaching not be viewed as remediation and not be viewed as part of a correction plan. It's not uh, viewed as something for people who are struggling. It's really viewed as something that um, that's a privilege and that then as that, as that success grows, then you can push it out to reach everybody. To be, but to begin with that place of um, setting up coaching so that it's viewed as a gift and it's viewed um, not as a right, but really as a privilege and something that you have to work for and then moving from there. Nick, do you consider yourself a gift to your school district? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to start now. I'm going to throw that word out there. I'm going to go around and be like, hey, you're working with a gift. <laughs> um, I like the way it sounds. I'm going to add that to my title, too. Uh, <laughs> gift. No, I think, you know, I, I, it's funny because we had this come up with, you know, teachers that may have had a plan or things that they had to work on. And, and um, I looked at it in a good way in the sense that, okay, all right, this is getting me to work in a coaching model with a teacher. This is great. But I, I found that I only worked with that teacher at that moment, right? Like it almost became like, okay, he, I'm only going to him because of this. I haven't heard from that teacher again. So, you know, I don't know how much that that became a value or, you know, useful. Um, so, I, so I definitely see the point that that is being made and, and doing it that way. I do find very effective has been uh, my online modules and stuff like that have been really effective. And I, and I think mm -hmm. to, to go back, Kitty, you were kind of started it and we were and playing around with the idea, but it was um, 
everything being short and synced, uh, mm -hmm. succinct and, and allowing teachers to kind of grow from that. And that's been highly valuable because I can't tell you how many times most of the contact that I get stems from, Hey, I took your online module. I only learned, a, you know, a little bit that really sparked my interest enough, but now I want to dive in deeper with you. Can we work on this? And mm -hmm. now that gets me doing more coaching because now it could be, okay, now we've brainstormed together. So we come, the teacher comes and Nick, give me some ideas. Here's what I'm thinking. We, I teach them about that tool or that idea, that pedagogy, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And then it's, Hey, I think about running it now at this day. Can you come into my room and, and guide me along the press? And it really starts to stem from that. And uh, I just want, you know, I think tech coaches just have to have that, that willingness to kind of balance between a couple different areas, but, but extremely personable. I mean, that's where the teacher starts to feel the buy-in and feel, com feel mm -hmm. comfort, uh, comfort with you. It, it's got to be the buy-in in the philosophy of the sure. district, right? Mm -hmm. Now, sure, sure, yeah. I, I want to take a moment here to talk a little bit about your book, which I, I, you know me for a long time. I don't read. But this is a fantastic book that I've actually gone through. Now, your book is called The Coach Approach to School Leadership, Leading Teachers to Higher Levels of Effectiveness. My first question to you is, why is it not called The Coach Approach, Being Available When a Teacher Doesn't Want to Be in Front of Their Students? Or The Coach Approach, What Happens When Somebody Needs a Google Form Created for Them? Why, are, why is it our job to lead teachers to higher levels of effectiveness and not just be around when somebody needs something done? Yeah, well, it's very easy to fall into that, being around when someone just needs something to be done. Um, we went into this because we want to be liked and respected and we want to build those relationships. And so we, we tell ourselves that when we do all these things, we're building relationships and maybe we are and maybe we're not and maybe we're really making progress on learning. But, um, but it takes a lot of effort to really focus everybody on learning. When I was, um, as a principal, working with teachers on goal setting, and then they would go off and move towards the goals in whatever way they chose, sometimes with coaches, sometimes not, um, what I had always said is it, it can be anything you want, um, but it has to focus on student learning. So even when there were teachers who would say, I want to use more technology in the classroom, um, would say back, why? And they would look at me like I was nuts, knowing I was bringing a lot of technology into the building. But because that's what they're being what observed purpose, to do, right? right? That's for the answer. Yeah, what, what's going to be the impact on student learning or on strength of student community? So always focus back on impact on students and what you want to accomplish. And that's, you know, just to, sorry to jump in, but that, that's great because I've been kind of playing with the idea of, of coaching models and, you know, kind of interviewing teachers at the beginning of the year and having them come up with these, this goal or this idea. I've also wondered, you know, how, how to kind of maybe take the genius hour approach and offer that as professional development for teachers. So now they come up with this great idea. And um, as, as was said, is, is to then designate that is how does that then tie back into student learning and accomplishment inside the classroom. So I'd love to see, you know, that kind of weave of that co coaching model. Plus then you get the teachers who are hesitant with technology buy-in to bring it back to something that they know is, what's at the heart of it, which is okay, even if it was tech or not tech, it's about was it effective inside the classroom or not. But it's difficult, right? <laughs> sure. Because yeah. many times a teacher looks at a tech coach as, oh, I'll bring this person in to teach the things I'm uncomfortable with. Mm -hmm. And that's why last week, Nick and I did an entire episode called how not to do things for your teachers constantly. 
And and Kitty, I know you've got a couple strong feelings about this, right? How how can we as tech coaches not get into this trap? Like we want to be in classrooms, we want to help teachers, we want them to love us and like us and and kiss us and call us George and all those wonderful things, right? But but if a te- if a teacher says Nick, can you come in and teach for me? And Nick says, No, I'm not going to do that. I'm here to help you teach. Well, then what motivation does the teacher have to call for help? Because that's more work on the teacher. How do you stop doing things for teachers? <laughs> well, it's interesting. Uh, something very simple that I do with teachers and students. Many of times they'll come and hand me a device or hand me something and they want me to fix it or to delve into the problem that they're having. But I really like to put them in the driver's seat. So I'm like, pull up a seat, sit at my table, you're in the driver's seat, and we're going to talk through whatever issue or struggle that you're having. And so that lets them know up front. At first, they're kind of like, wait, but I want you to do it. (laughs) And I'm like, no, 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 I want you to drive because I want you to remember this learning process that we're going through. So when teachers, I have to face the fact that my teachers do feel uncomfortable in doing certain tasks. So that's where I like to use, um, we've talked about in our coaching staff about a teacher might teach something four times. So the first time I may teach everything. Second, and and the other teacher is in observing being a learner in the process. Then the second time they may jump in and do a more active role. Then the third time I'm going to let them take the lead so that eventually by the fourth time they present it they're able to do it more maybe with me more in the background with them in the foreground um and sometimes that approach doesn't work because they're the under they understand the content and i'm just there to bring the technical side of how does that work together so whether i'm using that first model of slowly releasing that classroom back to the teacher or I'm going to work us through the technology side while you give the um, curriculum content. Um, those are two different models that I'm working to use as a, as a coach. Nick, do you find yourself doing a lot of multiple period coachings? Where, as Kitty said, the first one I'll do, the second one we'll do together, the third one I'm helping you, and by the fourth one, look, if you need me, call me, right? Do you find that a lot in, in uh, between your buildings? Um, you know, I don't know if I find it consistently enough, but I do think that if you use that as the approach, uh, you know, there's more often times than not that a teacher is teaching, especially at high school level, has that same subject or that same grade multiple times throughout the day or, you know, two or three times or whatnot. So I think that's a great way to follow that, that plat, you know, that, that method and that approach then say, okay, first time we meet, you know, I know you're doing the same activity with these groups. So here I am, I don't mind taking control of the classroom and, and just leading this approach to how to use this tool or create this thing or whatever it is, or try, you know, teaching uh, in, in, you know, station rotation model for a day, whatever it is that the teacher is planning. Um, And then to sort of, as the day goes across, I will say, you know, me, it's not done enough. I do think it should be done more, but sometimes the teachers just, you know, it's just how the lesson or the unit has wrapped and maybe things didn't line up, you know, a hundred percent to the other classrooms that day. 
you know, I think a lot of times for teachers, it's just a matter of sometimes I need a hand to hold. You know, even today I walked into a, a room, I was scheduled to go three or four rounds, sorry, class periods with this teacher. And after the first demonstration of doing it, uh, she looks at me and she says, oh, that was easy. I got this. And I said, you sure? And she says, yep, I got it. And, you know, I stuck around in the hallways kind of running around to see different teachers. But, you know, so I kind of popped my head in after the second class. But she's like, look, this was easy. I got it. Thanks. And we moved on. The hard part is getting a teacher sometimes to bring you in even to ask those questions. Now, Shira, from an administrative point of view, I know you've been in buildings where you've had tech coaches. How do you encourage teachers to reach out and use those tech coaches that you've brought in to be supportive? So there were, there were a variety of ways. Um, what I tried to do when the scheduling was possible was to have the um, teachers observe while the tech coach was teaching a particular tool or skill to students with the expressed aim that the teacher was learning as well. And it wasn't just a tool, but it was part of some learning experience that was gonna continue in the classroom. So, um, and then shifting to the teacher taking that over as well. Uh, there were also times where I, in valuing the time of the tech coach, um, didn't make the tech coach available to everybody. The tech coach was available to those people who I approved to work with the tech coach. And I really tried to make that a privilege um, and you had to have a plan and uh, she wasn't going to come in or he wasn't going to come in and just um, work with everybody without a really thought out approach as to how a particular uh, learning experience tool technology was going to contribute to learning in the classroom and then invest time in those successes and then and then th those would be presented to others. Mm -hmm. Jeff, can I kind of piggyback off of that? I um, Some of the most invaluable connections that I have made is when I've connected with one teacher who sees the value of what I'm doing, that teacher books me for her four classes. And she goes back and tells her team in the team meeting, hey, this is what I'm doing. And all of a sudden, teachers who maybe weren't listening before or they had other things overwhelming see the value that that teacher sees and they're like, oh, my two days before Christmas break, I was booked solid by my eighth grade teachers because one teacher saw a value and then brought it to the team meeting and then they all wanted all of their students to have that same experience. So um, word of mouth is your best marketing and I've seen it at just in, in live action um, with the teachers that I work with and getting those type of really great opportunities of sharing in the classroom. I, I couldn't echo that one enough. And, and I find that even with my buildings, buildings, like you got, got all these different places. It takes one teacher to walk in another building and say, oh, how did you do that? And they go, oh, I, I met with Jeff or I met with Nick or I met with, you know, whoever. Absolutely. Word of mouth is fantastic. I love it when you do newsletters. And instead of saying, here's a Google Doc, you say, look at what Nick just did. And then they all go and say to Nick, hey, how did you do this? And he goes, oh, I found Jeff. and We did this whole thing together. Finding that stuff is there because, you know, and, and even to echo what Shira said, there's only so many minutes in the day. There's only so many periods that you have. You can't be everywhere. 
And one of the shows that we recently did that I got a lot of great feedback on was about creating systems for your tech coaches. And what we learned in that episode was a system could be a checklist, it could be a, a, a booking ticketing system, or you know, one of the things that I like to do for people is we we make Google spreadsheets, either to be you know an organizer or something to keep us busy. But I wanted to kind of bring this up here as we kind of wrap up our show tonight. But what are some examples, Kitty, of, of systems that you guys have in place, like a teacher onboarding or a help system or something that you can't live without that maybe you had to build to <laughs> get you through your week or your day? What, what, what kind of systems do you guys have as tech coaches to help keep you guys organized? Definitely a calendar um, that I can, I've got so many different schedulings going on. I want to know when teacher planning is. I know, want to know when my bookings are. Um, definitely having teachers book appointments um, that gives us the um, planning and prep prior to going into the classroom, then booking those times in the classroom, and then having um, reflection bookings where we go back and really consider how do things work and how do we want to progress moving forward. Um, I couldn't serve as many people if I didn't have that. And then website. I think everybody wants to be able to go somewhere and find those resources that you shared. And if you don't have those posted somewhere, if they aren't easily accessible in Google, they aren't on your website, they will lose interest. So I always, every presentation I do, I get it posted on my training site. They know exactly where to go to get that information. And right along with that is my booking um, scheduling. So um, they work hand in hand and they've been invaluable tools for me. Nick, what are some of the things that you've gotten back? Because we, we had a lot of feedback from that episode a few weeks ago. What are some of the systems that you have in place for your, uh, for your position? So my biggest one is is kind of in, in the same approach is is having a hub for everything. You know, I utilize our LMS uh, all the time. I mean, pretty consistently and extensively for a lot of what I do. Um, so teachers know to check there and to go there for you know tech tech tips or a link to book me to a calendar for online modules, uh, for videos and all that stuff. So, so I try to just keep it to, you know, the one-stop shop and it's go there and everything you, you need is going to be in that one place. And, and then, you know, follow it up with then, you know, learning materials and PD and all of those things as well. And, and I think the other thing that's worked pretty well is just mitigating the amount of email that I send out. So one of my systems to approach is that I don't want them to be inundated and then searching and then they go, hey, I remember you sent something out. I didn't read it, but I wanted to go back to it because I kind of remember a word you put in the subject line. So I mitigate that. And something that's worked really well is when I send my, the only email I really send out is, is an email that kind of drives them to the hub that then says like, here's this week's you know, Tuesday tech tip. You can access it here. So I give them a quick little blurb about what it's going to cover and it's usually one line and that drives them to the hub so that it, I'm pushing them in that direction. So then they're there and they can get PD and get everything else. And then under that, I say upcoming PD and where, where might I be for a majority of this week? So it's a really quick little email that outlines everything they kind of need for that week um, and then drives them back to the point to get more. Cheryl, what kind of systems do you recommend coaches have? Is it just you know, beyond the basic calendar system, booking system, what do you see as that must have in your tech coaching backpack? 
cycles, coaching cycles. Mm -hmm. So um, how many teachers are you going to work with? What's your caseload? What's a reasonable caseload for what period of time? And really building out those coaching cycles for um, depth and impact and not to be able to just check mark you've been to every classroom in the building once. Mm -hmm. and, and what does that look like? Is that, is that a calendar 30 day? Is that a spreadsheet? Is that a dot? I mean, it could be any of those things, but, but what, what yeah. do you think that we look yeah. at? Yeah, any, any and all of those things. So, you know, it's worked out with, um, typically with the administrator, but perhaps you take on eight teachers for eight weeks, um, whatever it might be. I, this can all vary. But, you know, with each of those teachers then having a particular goal. So it's really much more of an educational system where you're limiting your caseload in order to go deeper rather than broader and making an impact. Then once you finish that cycle, eight week, 10 week, whatever you decide, then you start a new cycle with new folks. And, um, and then you can really invest in, in making a significant impact. And Shira, if there was a place that we could go to read and learn about how to do all this stuff, could you recommend a good book? Yeah, one of my favorites is Diane Sweeney's Student-Centered Coaching. I, I mean, coaching cycles are, are bread and butter of instructional coaches, and uh, how, do you, how to structure a coaching cycle appears in a lot of coaching books. books. I think Diane Sweeney's may describe it in the most clear way with a constant focus on impact on student learning. Sure, that's why I love you, because when I set you up and give you the softball, you don't take advantage of the plug of your own book. Oh, yes. <laughs> Very uh, fair. That's you, Jeff. I'm going to try that again. Shira, do you know of any good coaching books to read? <laughs> Are you setting me up here, Jeff? So, um, yeah, The Coach Approach to School Leadership um, is, is really for how, how school leaders can use the approaches of the techniques of instructional coaches. And um, the techniques in the book are good for anyone who wants to have an impact as a teacher of adult learners. So whether that's mm -hmm. peer coaching or whether your, your title is coach or whether you're in an administrative position where you have responsibility for professional learning, but it's really about taking on the role of not evaluator, not supervisor, not judge, not telling people what they should do, not trying to fix people, but really trying to help people actualize their own greatness, uh, set their own goals, reach their own goals, surpass their own goals through the techniques that coaches use. Sure, I'll show you how this works. Let me back this one up. Nick, is there a great place that coaches can go and learn about how to be a tech coach? You know, that sounds like the great place would be the uh, Ask the Tech Coach Mastermind. So that would be a fabulous place for people to go to um, to learn a little bit about more and work with us, Jeff, on, on you know, working on their own tech coaching. <laughs> Absolutely. Guys, I want to say thank you so much. for By the way, teachercast.net slash mastermind, teachercast.net slash mastermind today. Um, I want to say thank you guys. It is a great time to have you guys here. And of course, if you guys are still listening to this podcast and would like to be on our February roundtable, there are still seats available. We usually record this around the third or fourth week of every single month. And we would love to have you guys be a part of that. Um, as we're wrapping up, Kitty, where can we go to find out more about you? And I know you've got a pretty awesome tech coaching website. Why don't you share us some of the links there? Okay. Um, actually, <laughs> I um, the best way for them probably to access, because my coaching one is a longer 
um, link. So go to kittytrip.com, K-I-T-T-Y-T-R-I-P-P.com, and I'll have a link on there. It'll say coaching link, and it'll take you to those coaching resources. I'm also on Twitter at kitty underscore trip, and I would love to connect with other educators and coaches. Now, Shira, am I correct in thinking that the EduCoach hashtag is still going strong? It's still going. Uh, Kathy Perrette is leading that. Jessica Johnson and I are not active in that anymore. We led that for a long time. Uh, we do use the Coach Approach hashtag as well, but EduCoach is great for instructional coaches, and it still meets every Wednesday night at... Um, 8 Central Standard Time, 9 Eastern Standard Time. So that's a great place for coaches to meet up. So check out that hashtag EduCoach or hashtag the coach approach. Coach Approach. Coach, just, just Coach Approach. And Shira, where can we find more information about the great things that you're doing? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Shira Leibowitz um, or on my blog, uh, sharingourblessings.wordpress.com. You know, Nick, as we end up here with episode 36, we've been doing some great things here in the world of educational coaching, but we are not done. It is just getting started in 2019. We've got some great things happening in Florida this week. In fact, as you're listening to this show today, we are down at FETC having a great time, probably going to be recording an episode or two for, for, the, uh, for the February shows here. Nick, what are you looking forward to as, uh, you know, as we're standing in Florida right now? Just to continue to, uh, you know, meet with others and, and build, you know, a, a, an effective PLN and then just to take in uh, different learning. You know, this is an opportunity for me and myself and as a coach and, and a professional development, you know, designer and putting it together for my district for me to get my own professional development. So I just love this opportunity to, to learn from everyone and, and everything that they uh, have going on at their districts. And we want to, of course, welcome you guys to join us next week. Our first week in February, we're going to be talking a little bit about communication tools for coaches. We're going to be looking at our favorite Chrome extensions for tech coaches, things that we have up in the top of that Chrome browser that we just can't live without. We've got a big list and would love to hear from you. Of course, you can be a part of this and all of our shows by going over to Twitter and following us at Ask the Tech Coach. we got about 500 coaches on that and still going. And of course, if you go over to askthetechcoach.com, we have a newsletter designed specifically for tech coaches that has about, Nick, six or 700 tech coaches on there, all talking about some of the great things that's going on. And don't forget to, to head over to teachercast.net slash mastermind. Sign up today. We've got some great plans, two-month plans, six-month plans, 12-month plans. Be a part of our TeacherCast mastermind today for tech coaches. Enhance your professional learning by investing in yourself. And of course, we wanna say thank you guys for joining us today on behalf of everybody here in the TeacherCast Educational Network. My name is Jeff Bradbury. And I'm Nick Amaral. Reminding you to keep up the great work in your classrooms and continue sharing your passions with your students.